they are back. Out of the darkness cometh light. Welcome to the new look ENS Wolves podcast with Joe Edwards, Rosie Swarbrick, Steve Bull, and your host, Nathan Judah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 137. That is 137. It is the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. It is a duo episode today, and that other person at the other end of a line is Mr. Coming Joe Edwards. Yeah. How's it going, pal? How's it going? Not too bad for the pair of technology. I'm in my room at, at my house. You're in a room at your house. People it's, listening are in rooms at their houses or the, in cars. It's, it's in 2019, cars, isn't in, it? In, in coaches and yeah. in buses. What other what other public transport um, avenues? Uh, trams. Are there? Don't, really, don't really do public transport to be fair. Trams. Tram? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dare I say it? Bicycles. Maybe. Motorcycles? Uh, Reliant Robins? Actually, public transport I am more accustomed to. Listening on a plane? Yes, Maybe, yeah, I, I, I got used to that was last, last week, yeah. Oh, mate, you can't go wrong with it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll, go, we'll go on to that. We'll come on to that later on. Uh, I bet it was a damp seat while you were on your way back anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sewer rat. <laughs> Rose, Rosie, day off after yesterday, yesterday's thrilling win. Um, I'm off today. You're on annual leave, and yet, and yet still a podcast, because, because the podcast, we don't stop for the podcast. The podcast is bigger than that, Joe. I mean, yeah. that, that's why we are here. We're here for the peeps. And um, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. so much to discuss. I, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I can tell you've got this tone in your voice. You've got this yeah. get up and go about you. You've had your Weetabix this morning, haven't you? I have. I, a, uh, I actually had, I had, had a Nature, Nature Valley granola oats and honey bar mashed up um, with a bit of Greek yogurt or oh. yogurt, seeing as I've been in America, and, um, and, a, and a little bit of Manuka honey on top. Delicious with two shots of, uh, of Nespresso coffee, a little bit of almond milk, um, and then and then topped it with hot water. Absolutely delicious. It's it's, it's a breakfast of champions. Well, on that subject, do you want to mm. know what I've had for uh, breakfast? Um, I'm going to say, I mean, you're the youth of today. I'm going to say something like mm, Lucky Charms with chocolate milk. A cocoa Pop cereal bar. Wow, I wasn't far off, was I? <laughs> I was not far off. Um, and you were eating last night. I mean, I, I spoke to you last night on the way to the game. Yeah. Um, and you're eating Quality Street. I think it's a little bit early for Quality Street time, but it, maybe not. Maybe December. I might give you it off because we're putting the Christmas tree up today. We're getting the lights. We're getting the decorations. We're getting the holograms that we use outside the house. They're all ooh, going up yeah. around. Actually, I shouldn't say that because people might go into Doddridge and go, oh, there's Judah's house. So no, we're, not, we're not putting any holograms up. We're not getting any Christmas lights up. No decorations whatsoever. Absolute red herring. Um, and, and, you know, we, we discussed our love for, for the green triangles, which I think are yeah. very underrated quality street. And then, and obviously you, you, you're eating with your fiancé because, you know, he's sharing a box of chocolates, no yeah, problem with course. that. And then, and then you dropped an absolute bombshell that I could not believe. Uh, do, you want, do you want to explain to the peeps? So, I think when people think of quality street, you think of the, the green triangle, mm-hmm. uh, the purple one. Oh, the purple's absolute uh, no-brainer. T- to- toffee penny. They're, yeah. they're they're kind of they're kind yes. of up, 
up get there. stuck in the teeth of a toughie penny. To be fair, but yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm with you though. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not a disappointing taste. I don't think orange crunch is at the me- at the top of uh, many people's list, but it's at the top of uh, my fiance's list. <laughs> I asked her the question yesterday. I said, yeah. oh, what, 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 "What's your favourite out of these?" And she said, "Orange crunch." And it was just a raise of the eyebrow. I was just. I was like, go ahead. For me, <laughs> have for them me, all. An orange, an orange crunch. There's, there's nine, there's nine sweets left at the bottom of the quality street. Eight of them are unwanted orange crunches. So for someone, I mean, to be fair, don't, don't get me wrong. I think you need someone like that in your life who can clean off and polish off yeah. the worst of the worst. But I'm, I'm stunned that they're still in there. For me, it's a filler from Quality Street. Yes. Um, and, and I think, you know, you've got your, your sensations and what are the, the heroes that have, have overtaken and surpassed Quality Street over the years. Hence mm. why Quality Street is actually... Um, £3.50 in my local Sainsbury's a tub whereas your heroes are going into five quid but at, yeah. the same, at the same time orange crunches come on have oh. a word Sophie yeah it's not it, 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 and it's them and the strawberry dreams are at the bottom of the barrel yeah. aren't they oh again yeah, big time dreadful. Two, um, two dreadful sweets and they've got a coconut variety as well, which I'm not a fan of. I mean, if you have a, if you have celebrations, bounties are right at the bottom for me. Really, I said I don't mind a bit of coconut, to be honest. No, I don't know. I think it's no. a bit. It's like the the marmite of chocolate, isn't it? I think coconut and chocolate. I think it's a divides opinion, but you know, this is a football podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, well, we better move on then. <laughs> That, that's five five minutes of banter crossed off. We'll take that. We'll yeah, take we'll that. Take let's that, move yeah. on. All right, Joe. Let's go on to this this uh, this team that they call the Wolverhampton Wanderers. I guess they're all right. Yeah, they're pretty fair, good, aren't they? they? Yeah. They're all right. Tenth, tenth tenth in a row unbeaten in the league. Um, I think when was the last time did that? Seventy two was it? Yeah, seventy two. Good good knowledge. Yeah, seventy two record breaking team. Um, for me, one of the best. And look, you know. Obviously, since I've been covering them, but you'll probably be able to to say this more than me, and also people behind that. One of the best Wolves team ever, I think, that has assembled on the pitch, if not the best ever. Dare I say it? Probably not. I know there'll be a few mm. people shouting at the radio, but for some of the football, and, and I mean some of the football that I watched last night, even the stuff that didn't quite come off with the last pass, some of the movement and and uh, this the technique used is an absolute pleasure to watch. You know. Moves that if this was if this was a, a Man City or a Liverpool, pundits would be purring over it. Yeah. They'd be playing it again and again and again and again. Because it's Wolves and they're going I think they're going slightly under the radar this season, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind it whatsoever. Let them talk about your Leicester Cities, let them talk about your Chef Uniteds, let them talk about your underperforming uh, Arsenals and Manchester United and Spurs. Let them do it because quietly Wolves are having a sensational season. They are, they are. I mean, it's it's setting up to be even better than last, isn't it? Or at least just as good. It's uh, it's phenomenal. And as you say, the the best Wolves team of this of this you know well of my lifetime at least. Mm. Um, I mean, you go back to that team in nineteen eighty that, that that did well in the top flight and no, a good side that uh, you know won the cup as well. Um, but then you know the people who were you know still going strong and having seen the you know the Billy Wright era of the of the fifties. But I mean, in terms of you know the, the past the past couple of decades, I think this team's got to be the best um, that, that that we've had the joy of seeing. Because as you say, that it's not just one or two either. It's it's a team full of 
of top quality players and the make for such a such a resilient and, and quality quality unit. Ahead of fifth in the table, um, six points behind Chelsea, but but ahead of Manchester United, Spurs, Arsenal. Now <laughs> I know I've spoken to you about this a few weeks ago. We said, can they finish seventh? Can they finish seventh? And we're thinking, well. It might be a bit too much. Look, the fifth in the table, and I know there's a lot more games to be played. We're nowhere near halfway through the season, and there's going to be tougher tests, and they've got a difficult schedule coming up around Christmas. And of course they have. However, can they finish in the top seven again? I think they can. I really think they can. Ooh, might change his opinion. Might change his opinion. I know. I, know. I, I, I didn't think it was it was possible, but. I mean, if you if you're wagering at this stage, mm-hmm. especially with Nuno uh, excitingly uh, saying in midweek that yes, of course we will make signings in January. Absolutely, yeah. Um, which is music to everyone's ears. Mm-hmm. If those additions do come in, and it's two or three quality additions as well yes. that can hit the ground running, then I think they've got every chance. Um, I mean, you're looking at obviously Leicester are, are still flying high. Um, you know, I mean, as it, as it stands, let, let's say the top four will finish above Wolves, including Leicester City, because having a phenomenal season. Okay, yeah, I, I, get, I get that, and I don't have a problem with that. But it would take one of you're basically looking for Wolves to finish in the top seven, one of Spurs, Arsenal, or Manchester United finishing below Wolves um, yeah. for them to finish in the top seven. Otherwise, I think they would finish eighth, which would, wouldn't make European football next year. Uh, seventh might not yet, but likelihood is it probably will do. Can you see one of those teams finishing below, below Wolves? Um, I can kind of see Arsenal yeah. finishing below Wolves. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I can. I can see Arsenal finishing below them. Um, I would have said United as mm-hmm. well, but the, I mean they got themselves a decent win last night. But they're, they're a very, very young team. Yes. United are these days. Yeah, and uh, they are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I could. I mean, I don't think it'd be a stretch to say that both United and. Arsenal could end up yeah. below Wolves, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think Spurs will will kind of tighten up. And, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they'll probably sign a few in January as well. Yeah. So I think they'll be fine. I think they may well sneak into fifth, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think Wolves are the going. And as we say, January that's that's your kind of acid test, really, because mm-hmm. the, the 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 business of this past summer. I mean, yes, Wolves have done very well this season, but the, mm. the business wasn't a roaring success no. uh, last summer. Um, I mean, Vallejo hasn't really done a lot, um, and when he has played, he's looked poor. Uh, Catrano, fair play to him, got his goal last night. Hopefully that can be the start of something. Neto yeah. is still very young, um, and Jordao has not really been in the first-team picture. So if it you makes get... it all the more astonishing to me yeah. with this squad. Yeah. They keep on doing it on two fronts. It's astonishing. You know, and you add to that, you know, people like Morgan Gibbs White being injured as well. Um, you know, they're just they're just incredible, really. I mean, so much. I can't give the backroom staff enough credit no. with how they have managed this team. And and look, make no make no assumption this is absolutely one hundred percent clear that Nuno likes a small squad and, and albeit I think that sometimes he might lean saying he'd like a bigger squad. I actually think he likes a small squad. I think he likes to not leave players out 
and be disappointed in the cold, so to speak, out of a yeah. matchday squad all the time. He wants people to be involved, and I think that's where he, he gets the best from his players. But at the same time, it is remarkable how they keep on doing this. It is, and because oh, as you say, it's, they've not they've not been injury free this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the big thing last season that they had now key injuries. But you've obviously had Willie Bolly on the shelf for mm-hmm. for a month or two now, and he's probably going to be out until January February time. Mm-hmm. Although he's said to be making a decent recovery. Uh, yeah. Ryan Bennett's been out for yeah. f- for several weeks now with his growing problem. Mm-hmm. Same with Morgan Gibbs White with his back. Um, I mean, I know. It wasn't first team players, but then you had Shibani do his ACL, and sure. you know you were looking at him as a player to p- probably um, supplement that kind of first team squad mm-hmm. and coming here and there and you know and support as and when. So you know you've got kind of three or four injuries there that that Wolves have been dealt with and they've came through. You know the test with flying colours and and players like uh, you know Conor Cody's Ralph Jimenez. I mean the, the, the list goes on. You could you, you could talk about them all, but the, the staying power that they've got and the the stamina and the, the sheer ability just to keep going and keep being too good for teams to cope with is just remarkable, as you say. That the you can't really um, do them justice with any superlatives. To be honest, you're running out, running out of of words to describe this team because they really are. Uh, that good. Yeah, they are, and, and you know, epitomised it with the two goal scorers last night. Really, um, both I think important goals and, and performances for, for both of them. Really, um, first of all, Den Donk, who, albeit I wasn't at the game against Sheffield United, but didn't have didn't have his best of games. Um, but to come back, uh, not only score the goal, uh, which I think he can actually score more of. Okay, where he's playing at the moment is not going to help him. But when he does, you know, want to want to see more of the. I think he still. I still prefer to see him maybe in that defensive midfield role and that pivot role, where he's box to box, a little bit like Everton away last season, where I thought he's probably had his best game in a Wolves shirt. However, to get to still have that threat in the box because he's a big boy, but at the same time, um, five ten minutes later, he made an incredibly important tackle at one nil, um, where, where he, he bumped out for a corner um, just just outside the South Bank. It was a really dangerous attack. Um, I thought he had an excellent game and for me he's growing into this dual role which which is what they brought him for in the first place yeah he's he's, he's been fantastic and on the right of that back three and as you say I, I maybe do slightly prefer him in, in the middle of the park at the moment but I really think that right side of defence could be his, his position for the long term just because of how kind of seamlessly he's uh, adapted to it he had a poor game against Sheffield United it's probably the you know, one of the worst performances he's put in for a while, but it, it wasn't it wasn't to the to that much detriment that Wolves uh, lost the game. They got something from it, and um, he's came out came out uh, and responded in the ma- exactly the manner you, you want to see. He's he's got himself the goal, helped Wolves keep a clean sheet, which has been a which has been a while coming and, and vastly deserved, and uh, done his bit at the back as well. So that that's exactly what you want to see, and speaks a lot of the character of this team. But a player can have a you know, a bad game, a bad day at the office, um, and then if just a few days later comes out and you know plays a massive part in getting a win. Yeah, and and look, you know, some of these players sometimes I think we forget how young they are, and that they're allowed a bad game. I mean, you know, Dendonka twenty four, um, Jota twenty three, and Neves twenty two. I mean, I think sometimes we've got this 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 expectation because they have been so good 
that, that sometimes it's disappointing when they have a bad game. Of course it is, but they're learning that these are youngsters, they are going to learn. You know, Jean Martinez doesn't have a bad game. Um, you know, when he does, it's once in a blue moon. But he's so experienced, he's been there, he's, he's done it with, with the best in the world. These guys are still learning their trade and they're learning it, you know, in, in, in the, big, the biggest and best league in the world under a microscope, especially with the way that, that TV is these days. You know, they're going to have these games, it's going to fluctuate. But the fact is, is that they are learning, they are improving, and they are improving in a Wolves shirt, which is huge going forward. You mother man, they're a bunch of babbies, isn't they? <laughs> mm, they are, they are. That's so exciting. You look at some of these other teams in the Premier League and you look at them and, and they're all 28, 29, 30 and they're not going anywhere and they're bang average. And you look at this team. I mean, I can't tell you how exciting this squad is, not just for now, not just for this season, next season, but the next three, four, five, ten years, some of them. You know, I'm not saying that all these guys are going to be there until the 28, 29, but at the same time, you know, with the, with the, the infrastructure that's in place, with the people, you know, up above at boardroom level who know exactly what they're doing and, and exactly how they can maximise profit, loss and bring in better and players... Oh my goodness, this is the team you want to be with going forward because they are going to be dangerous and they could be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think they're going places, I really do. And I mean, I mean, obviously there wasn't really um, any much in, in the end, uh, the, the noon out to Arsenal uh, stuff. Obviously there was national reports, which you know we kind of got, got to the bottom two in the end and though I hadn't been in the proud from Arsenal, we're not expecting one either. But uh, I mean, I wrote a comment piece last week and said, "Why go to Arsenal when you've got what you've got at Wolves?" Yeah. And 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 that wasn't just me being biased or anything like that. I, I, that is genuinely, I think, the way you've got to look at things. Um, as, as Judas dogs go wild yeah, in the background, um, the beer potentially. <laughs> um, but it's you've got you've got these this group of players at Wolves who are pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. and. They're only going to get better, and I think there's a massive rebuilding job at Arsenal. So uh, yeah. I can see why Nuno stayed. And you, and you, you talk, talk about the talk about the youngsters. I mean, I've been the guilty of calling uh, Max Kilman a youngster this season. He's 22, yeah. yeah. But Nevers is the same age, mm-hmm. and and things like that. You you know you kind of take for granted how how long these uh, lads have been playing first team football, Ruben Nevers especially, and they're 22. The 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 you know they've got they've got decades ahead of them, and yeah. um, that's the exciting thing because they're, they're, they're that good now. But the the potential as well is huge. And look, someone like uh, Nuno as well. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. When and I think we've talked about this before, but if he goes to an Arsenal or a bigger club, or whatever, I guarantee you he won't have the same leverage and the same say and the same swing. Um, that, that he does at, at Wolves um, you know he is consulted with everything everything goes through him and I think he likes that he loves to have you know he loves to be on the field he loves to be involved with absolutely everything whether it's first team whether it's under 23s whether it's transfers whether it's finances he wants his, he wants to be he's almost a control freak and that's exactly what you want you know when you go to these other places and you've got to be a director of football and you're not getting the same sway on transfers uh, and people are getting signed above you and you've got to um, you know, um, just basic, just basically get what you're given, and then you pick the team. It's it's very difficult, and sometimes it's not it's not as rosy on the other side. Exactly, exactly. I, I think I think Nuno and Wolves, as I said in in that piece, giving it another plug. Um, that it, it is it is a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, you've got 
you've got the kind of the whole club has bought into Nuno's infrastructure now. Yeah. The you know the three four three or or three five two, which whichever one. But every every academy team now is playing three at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about you know having players that are kind of. You know, can adjust to a variety of roles, and players are being groomed for you know first team roles. And you've got Christian Marquez, Ed Francis playing the kind of Connor Cody role in the under twenty threes teams, kind of looking at those players. You know, succession planning and all that kind of thing, which Fausto and Nuno often speak about. It's 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 all one big operation, and Nuno's at the head of it all. And um, I think he I think he will be at the head of it for you know a good while yet. And um, I think interest from from top teams, uh, well, so-called top teams. I mean, Arsenal are a massive club. Let's not get away from that. I mean, yeah, course, was, yeah. was I think have probably got a better team than than them mm. these days. But um, Arsenal are a massive club. But the, these these clubs are going to come in uh, for new now and show interest because, as we say, Wolves are kind of going under the radar. Um, but you know, people aren't stupid either. That they know what. That that that's been do, done at Wolves and mm-hmm. what what they're achieving is uh, is is fantastic. So um, I don't think it'll be the last time that Nuno is linked with uh, with another club. So that's fantastic. Uh, Patrick Catroni scoring a very important goal last night, not just for him but for the team as well. We were looking at. Um hanging on to another 1-0 lead and a few nervous moments but at the same time you know when, and when Raul does get taken off again another fantastic game did everything but score leading this line perfectly uh, but you're always a little bit a little bit worried I think when, when, when your best player one of your very best players comes off with 10 minutes to go and you're thinking oh goodness me I hope they don't equalise because then that's the last, the last person you want off the pitch but uh, Catroni came on and scored you could see what he meant to him in tears really and um, at the same time, that's been a difficult start for him. Like I said on the video last night, as it has been for a lot of the Premier League um, strikers who have come in under big money, uh, Cotroli been been uh, big money, you know, but at the same time, not as big as Haller, who played last night, of Joe Linton, who can't score, mm. as, as Wesley, who's struggling. So, you know, there's a lot of these players and these guys who are going to probably going to see the best of them in the next two to three to four years. Um, and, and to score that goal and to make it 2-0, to make it comfortable and to score in front of the South Bank, I think was huge for him, was huge for his confidence going forward because he is going to be needed going forward. There's a busy fixture list in December. They've got plenty of Premier League games. They've got, they've got two games in three days. You've got the FA Cup just around the corner, which we'll talk about in a bit in January. You know, you've got, you've got um, Bajiktas on Thursday night. These are games where he's going to get more chances to score and this is going to do him the world of good. I think it is. It's his passion. He's he's uh, infectious, isn't it? It really is, and you can't help but uh, admire him. To be honest, um, obviously you've got the the pizza and the pasta chance. Still trying to get to the bottom of what he actually prefers more: pizza oh, or pasta. I thought it was. I thought it was p- pasta, and he doesn't like pizza. But oh might, yeah, I'm, he might have said that. I think, that I think he has said that. I think he has said. I think he likes the pasta, but he's not too keen on the pizza. But might for just the, per- the bread, might be the carbs. To be fair, I can understand that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you'd you'd know about that, wouldn't you? Um, well, I would do, but you know, I've, I've let myself go over the last <laughs> week or so in Seattle, mate, for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving dinner, unbelievable. Turkey trimmings, um, stuffing, uh, mm. cheesecake, um, green bean casserole topped with marshmallows. Apparently, what? that's what, what? they do. Over- what? I don't. Delicious, to be fair, but it sounds, sounds horrific, but, it, but but very good, very calorific, but at the same time, you know, I don't really care. It's fine. It's coming to Christmas, okay? We'll, we'll work on it in January. Yes, of course. Uh, um, That's what widescreen is there for us at YouTube. Widescreen is there for, 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 for months like this. There we go. 
Catrone is, as we say, it, it is one of these players that's coming for, for fairly big money. Um, but he hasn't had a great deal of uh, of league minutes, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at his appearances to goal record, it's it's not great. But the vast amount of those appearances have come as a substitute. And it's 10 minutes here, it's 15 there, you know, three minutes here. It's... It is difficult for a striker to get get into that kind of groove, and I think even though he hasn't been uh, firing at a, at a regular rate, even when he has played, I think remember the Everton game, um, that game against Braga at, at Molyneux, which which they lost. Um, it's not as if he's not gaining the positions. Yeah. He's, he's he, he keeps knocking at the door. He's creating stuff for himself. That would be the big concern. Isn't it? That's the old cliche that you know if you're not getting in the positions to score, then you're then you're really kind of concerned. But Catrone's shown a, shown a massive hunger and a fair bit of talent as well while he's been here. I, I don't think it's um, I, I don't think it's bad at all. I, I think I, I said I said a few weeks ago that I think he will come good. He'll be more than just kind of a song, and he will be a, a player that makes a, a genuine impact in this team. And um, hopefully that that goal against West Ham, as you say, you could see the emotion, what it meant to him. Hopefully that's the start of something there. Can you see a scenario with Catroni and Raul starting in the same team. Personally, at least in the short term, I can't. I think it's a like-for-like replacement. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, but I can't. And I've seen them play together. It hasn't worked. It's only just only just started, of course, this relationship. So it's going to take time. But but I think for this season, I think I think it's it's one or the other. Yeah, I think it is. I think you saw it in those few games, wasn't it? Whether they played them together. And it wasn't the most um, seamless of partnerships. That they weren't exactly a bad partnership, but you could tell they weren't quite on the same wavelength. Um, kind of, as you say, a bit too similar. And um, yeah, and and Catrone, if you're playing this three-four-three, he's not going to play on the left or the right. To be honest, no. I don't think he's he's that type of player. He's a fox in the box. You want him in between the posts. So yeah, as you say, it's it's Catrone or Jimenez and. Um, I think that Besiktas game that's coming up in the um, Europa, that kind of almost a little bit of a dead rubber match. Well, it, I say dead rubber, you, you, you decide who, who uh, wins the group, potentially. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's got to start I, I think he's got to start that, definitely. So everyone, I think, was in the, was, um, in the same, had the same thought of, of they, were, they were absolutely dominant last night. Against the West Ham side, obviously struggling, but at the same time, have just gone to Chelsea. Uh, and won one nil, so so no mugs, and they've got a few decent players, but but were kept quiet all night. I think. Um, so everybody thought that, apart from one person, uh, that person being been the West Ham manager. Absolutely <sighs> stunning, stunning comments from him in the press conference. Um, uh, basically said the first half was tight, poor set piece to concede. Thought we dominated most of the second half, although we allowed Wolves to manage the pace of the game, and then and then went on to say later on we dominated most parts of the game. I mean, no. I mean, oh, I, mean, I know you're trying to save your job, but comments like that, I mean, I saw, I mean I've got 217 comments that to sift through last night. It took me an hour to go through some of the, some of the notifications last night yeah. at one in the morning. We're trying to watch I'm a Celebrity at the same time, <laughs> um, you know, quality TV. And, uh, and, I mean, everyone's just like, not, not just Wolves fans, but West Ham's fans, West Ham fans, just exasperated with, with some of his comments. I mean... These are the comments that get you the sack, basically, as well, aren't they? I mean, it's just delusional. I thought I thought Wolves were dominant pretty much from start to finish. Yes, Patricia made an excellent save, um, you know, in that first half. But apart from that, I mean, goodness me, they were poor. 
Yeah, go to Specsavers, man. You, oh. you, you haven't got a clue, have you? Um, yeah, I mean, there were similar comments. I think Wolves fans will remember this when when Dean Saunders was in charge. And it was, it was kind of living life with rose-tinted glasses he was. Yeah. I mean, Wolves were were plummeting towards relegation to, to League One. And mm-hmm. in, in his eyes, everything was absolutely fine and dandy. Coming out after the game, praising the players. Yeah, we've played well and all this kind of... And it was it was absolute codswallop the loud of it. And, um, yeah, when, when managers speak like that, uh, you know, West Ham fans... Yeah, you don't want to hear your manager be negative all the time, but at the same time, you don't want your intelligence insulted. It's 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 it's, it's ridiculous. Sometimes you've just got to call a spade a spade. Give the team credit for beating you and beating you quite solidly, to be honest. And um, yeah, Manuel, I think he'll be looking at himself this morning, thinking, yeah, I've probably probably made a bit of a bit of a balls up with that. Bit of a boo boo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, correct. Crazy comments. And, and dare I say it. Mr. Lambert had a few, a few of those, uh, a few of those post-match <laughs> yeah. press conferences as yeah. well in his time. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at you look at teams like West Ham and Everton, um, both tipped as they perennially are, you know, perennially are about by some of the some of the pundits to be up there, saying, that, "Okay, well, Wolves are at this season." Okay, yeah, Leicester were, were tipped heavily at this, you know, start of this season. But but Everton and West Ham were talked about as well. You look at Everton. I mean, both of them. It's probably a race for the sack, to be honest, with with him and Silva. Yeah. Uh, Everton in the bottom three. Which makes that loss at Goodison Park all the more frustrating, really. Yeah. Um, um, they forgot how to defend, I think, that day, Wolves. To be honest, probably the worst performance of the season from a defensive point of view. But but Everton in the bottom three, uh, West Ham only two points off the bottom three. I mean, I mean, you know, the talk about these teams and these big sides, and then you look at someone like Wolves and doing the job that they're doing again. It's just it's just astounding, really. Um, before we go on to questions, uh, two players I wanted to talk to you, Joe. Um, we're kind of the unsung heroes so far, I think, and yeah. two players I've identified who have been been really, really good. And we, we talk about the, the likes of Raúl getting the the mentions and the headlines, and, and you know people talk about Neves, etc., because you know they love to do it, except you know about, which is fine, and he scores his wonder goals. Roman Sace and Johnny um, are both floated under the radar somewhat, um, a bit like Wolves, but at the same time have been magnificent. Johnny was superb last night, absolutely brilliant. And, and size to, to come in, and we talk about Ryan Bennett being in and out and in and out and in and out, and it's you know it's maybe not not one of Nuno's go-to people anymore. Uh, Roman Sais has been in and out and in and out and in and out. In a defensive, is he defensive midfield? You know, he's improved incredibly since since he was brought in. Um, I think he I think he came in for about three and a half million pound. If I think if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken, a while yeah. ago now. From is it was it Angers? Angers? Am I yeah, I think that. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Yeah, and. Uh, and I think quietly he has become a very important part of this squad. Very important part, and probably, you know, when Bolly's back and you have Bolly and Cody, probably the man who would be that third central defender. And, and to be fair, I think I think he's he's now a key part to this run. He is. Uh, I mean, you talk about having, you know, kind of selfless uh, selfless players in the team and. He's, he spoke about it a number of times. He's, he's he's really kind of happy to be the man that switches between defence and midfield. He, he he doesn't see it as a as a chore or you know because for some players they'll want to be set in a certain position, get into a bit of a groove and find a bit of momentum and kind of get you know the wind wind beneath the sails if if that's the 
No, maybe not. Um, but <laughs> you know, the the kind of they want to they want to set run in a set position, but he, he's quite happy to flip between the two and yeah. and he's as a manager like mm-hmm. for new now that that is you, you can't ask for much more than that. No. You have got players who are who, who are capable who are happy to do it, but then more than capable of doing it as well. It's, it's one thing having the having the willingness to do it, but it's another thing having the talent to to pull it off. You know, without any hiccups and um, mm. size, whether he's in midfield, whether he's in defence. I mean, he could probably do a job between the sticks or even up front, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. the way he's going. Yeah. He's, um, he really is kind of a vital cog of this Wolves team. He won't win player of the season awards. He won't... Um, you know, he won't necessarily. He won't be identified by by, by Sky and match yeah. of the day to be to be, to be fantastic. But, but he quietly gets on with his job, doesn't he? Exactly, exactly. He's a, he's a vitally important part of this team, and and I think keeping players like him while the others grab the headlines <clears> is uh, is essential for Wolves. Yeah, and the same with Johnny. Um, you know, brought in for a lot more money, but still, you know, under fifteen or about fifteen was it thirteen, fifteen million quid? But yeah. you know, from um, from Atletico. I mean, again, keeps on going. Maybe not hit the headlines. I thought it was brilliant last night defensively, but but also I think his attacking uh, prowess I think has improved as well. He does get down the byline. He likes someone too, um, and I think he's learning. He's learning that really, really well. And you know, he's seen Doc on the other side doing the business. And of course, he's not going to be as attacking as Doc. He's not going to score as many goals as Doc, and he is more defensively minded. But that doesn't mean to say that he's not giving you know other wing other wing backs and, and, and full backs something to think about. And that's sometimes that's enough to to have an option there just to make sure that you're marking two or, you know two instead of one. It's 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 very very important. And, and I think he's getting better and better. His, his attacking ability has grown exponentially, really yeah. has. I mean, last season, when he was first kind of introduced into the team, he almost looked a bit scared to pass the halfway line mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he was brought in as a right-sided fullback, really. Um, that's where he played his football before. And it kind of showed. He, I mean, in those early days, I was thinking, why, why have they got rid of uh, Barry Douglas? Uh, you yeah. know, a, an out-and-out left-footer who's got a good bit of set-piece ability as well. For this guy, who's clearly a right-footed player, playing in the position he's not comfortable in, but now, he's worlds apart, really. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wouldn't really take many left-wing-backs in the league over him at, at, at this rate. Sure. I, I think he's, he's tailor-made for the role. Um, he's comfortable on his left as well. He, he, you know, he, he's not he's not left-footed, but he, he, he can use it, and he, he cuts inside, he can... Go for the byline, and and that that link up uh, with him and Jota, similarly similarly to Doherty and Traore on the other side. When it's at when it's a full flow, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a top player, he really is. And um, you know, we t- as we say, we talk about Jimenez, Martinho, Traore. They're the kind of you know the group that's been really grabbing the headlines as of late. But then Donka is another one that's kind of a, a bit unsung, but yeah, re- remains safe and uh, Johnny. Have, uh, have been fantastic. Yeah, and just having just having, and you know, likes players to, to to play multiple positions. You know, you've essentially got three midfielders playing. There's three at the yeah. back at the moment. I know Cody's obviously been at the back for a long time, but but it's especially this day and age. I think now and, and formations changing and injuries and suspensions. You need to have players who can play in multiple positions. Not just I can play there if needed or needs be, but being as comfortable. You know, moving back or moving forward. Um, you know, as and when, and I think it's huge and, and a massive part of why Wolves have been doing so well. We've 
We've been writing, talking so much about Wolves, but I think there's so much to talk about. We're going to have to drop a few things that we already had planned for this podcast, maybe move on to them next week. Um, what, what isn't going to be dropped is questions because we want to hear from the peeps and I've uh, got loads, loads to get through. So I want to maybe just, um, just rifle through these, Joe. Rifle. Uh, Come on, quick fire. Okay, do a bit of quick fire. Uh, Paul Mansell, first up. Do you think Nuno is bothered about winning the Europa League group? Uh, I think he would like to. I don't think it's 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 do, it's do or die. I think he'd like to. I think he's definitely bothered with winning the competition. So whichever sure. way, whichever way uh, gets you to Gdansk, I think he'll be happy. So um, so if they win the group, how does that how does that change from so, winning so, the group to coming second? So so they'll be seeded. So they'll they'll get they'll get a better get a better draw. But it's it, I mean it, whoever you're coming up against isn't it in the last. Yeah. In the last thirty-two, is going to mm-hmm. going to give you a decent game. So I don't think it's necessarily uh, you know life or death or anything like that. So you'd like it, but at the same time, it's uh, yeah. And I think regardless, and I might be might be wrong here, but I think regardless of of that next round where yes, seeding does 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 take place. The round after that, it's open really. It's an yeah. open draw. Um, from then on, you can you can basically draw whoever home or away first, like or second. Like it doesn't really matter. So it's only it's only this next stage which might give you a slight advantage or not. It may be, but as 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 I've said, I've having seen Wolves in this competition. Yeah, they had that poor game against Braga at home, but um, you know they've, they've pretty much beaten all comers, and there's no real side that are really fearing. You know, in 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 this competition, to be honest, you've got one or two coming out of the Champions League, but um, I think Wolves have got a chance against most teams, to be honest. Jez Massey, how much will Wolves spend in January? Nearest wins a pack of wine gums. Ooh, wine know, gums. Come make, is it, make is it a family size bag, or are we, are we just talking about the, the small cylindrical mm. wrap? Well, Jesse needs to be more specific. I'll take any three sweets. As long as, well, I quite like the black and the reds. So I don't really yeah. care too much for the rest. So, but I think they do do a pack of just black and red. So, if it's black and mm. reds, I'll go first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably disappoint a few fans here. I'm gonna say they're gonna spend fourteen million pounds. Okay. In transfer fees, with all with, with with loans included. Okay. So forty million outlay, but there'll yeah. be some loans as well with a view to to buy for probably a, a bigger fees in the summer. Okay. I don't I don't think you're far off there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go just above you, okay. just for the case in case it's twenty million. I'll, I'll go for sixteen million. Sixteen million pounds. Okay, so that's not too bad. So uh, so if it's fifteen. Are we are we calling it? Drawing? Then we when we both get wine gums, then Jess has got to get us both a packet. Okay, sounds good. I like that. I like that. Could be <laughs> could be out of pocket. Uh, Darren May, eighty million pound for raw Adama Traore before Nuno put a father's a father's arm around him. Currently the most improved player this season by far. What price would you put on him now? Value for money or higher? Good question, uh... Dazza. I mean, he's certainly value for money, and I'd probably rate him at at least forty now, given his age and the potential he's got. Forty at least, at the very least. I think if he carries on this upward curve, and I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason why he won't. I think he can be as good. As good on par with 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 Wilfred Zaha, I honestly think he's that good. I think if he adds some finish, you know, a bit more finishing, a few more goals to his game, he is unstoppable. He's yeah. making fullbacks look absolutely stupid. Cresswell 
absolute, and he was lucky not to get a yellow card before that. He gave Cresswell an absolute torturous night. And yeah. then finally, he absolutely just clattered him. And he's like, yeah, hands up. Sorry, mate. I just can't cope with you. And it's not the first fullback. He's not the last fullback. Um, he's he's now a mug either, sta- is he, Creswell? Good. Pardon? He's now a mug over. No, no, good player. Really good player. Um, and I think standing up balls as well, his crossing is superb, but he's not he's not whipping it in so just because either getting to the byline and, and, and putting it along the floor, which is exactly what you want, and they're almost walking it in for Raoul, or he's standing the ball up. It's almost like it's in... Like, um, like, like just static in the box, but it's, it's almost like, you know... It, there's no pace on the ball, but that's great for an attacker coming into the, in, into the box because that's exactly what you want. You know, sometimes if you're whipping a ball in, it's easy for a defender to, to, to glance it away. But here, there's no pace on the ball. So when a defender comes to defend it away, sometimes he doesn't get a lot of purchase on the ball. It's not going that far. I think it's, I think it's a great tactic. He's definitely improved. I'm, it's a long-winded, long-winded answer <laughs> for me to say, I think Adama Traore, if he carries on this, Going into next season, he's worth sixty million pounds. Sixty Whoa. million pounds. I think he's Frank. He's one of the fastest players in Europe, and I think finally someone's got hold of him. A good coach, a good manager. I'm going to say six zero. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, right, uh, Mark Shipley. Moutinho was class last night as always. Never seems to be really struggling to have an impact. It's difficult to say watching on TV what he does off the ball. What are your thoughts on him? And has he disappointed this season? Would it be the right time to cash in? Uh, no. Um, I don't think it would. Um, had you asked me the same question six weeks ago, I might have said yes. Um, I probably would have said yes. But I think he's looked reinvigorated in the 3-4-3. Yeah. Um, I, I really do. And obviously Matini has helped in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, f- I think we've really started to see him come out of his shell again. That quarterback role, in in theory, fitted Neves and should have been fantastic. But in practice, it was stifling him really, and it was it was over overshadowing the role that Connor Cody's been carrying out anyway for for eighteen months. It's you know it, it it's it's it, it it wasn't needed and getting him further up the pitch. Uh, making those killer passes, I think he's looked a lot better. Um, I wouldn't say he's disappointed this season uh, because of that. I think had he still been playing in that quarterback role, yes, you could say he's been disappointing. But I think we've seen more of what we expect from him over these past, you know, four to five weeks, and um, I think he's starting to really shine again. So um, you know, I think he's probably up to up to a few million on his price tag as well. I think he's uh, he's starting to look a lot better now. Andy Matthews, the half-marathon man. Are you worried Nuno keeps dodging the are you committed to stay question? Um, again, last night on Amazon interview, but it was badly put by Clinton Morrison. He's obviously stuck to his guns. He doesn't want to say categorically no. It's kind of Nuno's way, isn't it? Yeah. He's kind of, he kind of, this is exactly the same with transfers and specific names. He's kind of kind of taken that same stance with, with, with the managerial vacancies. I think he's actually done it before. This has yeah. happened last season as well. I don't think there's anything to worry about. No. I'm sure Wolves fans would like him to come out and say, I'm categorically staying here. I want to sign a new contract. You know, I, I'm not interested in Arsenal. It's just not the way of him, is it? He doesn't really respond to anything asked when he's asked no. directly. And that's much to the frustration of the media sometimes. But that's just the way he is. Well, I, he he talks and says day to day, day to day. You know, day to day training. We're not focusing on that game before this one, and it 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 literally lives life day to day. He doesn't look too far ahead. He he doesn't want to, you know, kind of make promises that 
that he, you never know what the future holds. That's, sure. he's, he's, he's quite philo- philosophical in that sense. Mm-hmm. He, he will live life to, day by day, and I don't think there's anything to worry about. I really don't. I think uh, he's here, and you know the way he speaks, the tone of his his voice. He talk, you know, carry on talking about the project, outlining the the plans for January. You know, if if he really wasn't going to stay, he, I don't think he'd even entertain those questions. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, why would he talk about you know the January business sure. if, if he had no intention of staying? So, sure, uh, sure. I don't think there's any problem there. Right, five minutes. I want to get through ten questions. Okay, come on. Okay, yeah. uh, Scrivo, Matthew Scrivens. After Wolves drew Manchester United in the cup, it means that since playing at Old Trafford last September, Wolves United have played four games in a row at Molyneux before playing the reverse fixture. Can you remember a time where this has happened in the past? I certainly can't. I can't. I can't now. I can't. Uh, yeah, if somebody can, if somebody can let me know. But yeah, I, I can't remember anything like that to be honest. I, I think they played Newcastle a fair few times once one season, but not not so much. Amazing, really, that um, you know you get that draw against Manchester United. Everybody's like, "Oh, great, fine," but it's not like, "Oh my God, we've got Manchester United." And in oh, fact, no, reading just... some of the Manchester United comments on their official site, they're all like, "Well, that's us out. That's us." Well, the FA Cup's <laughs> yeah. got this season. Amazing the turnaround, really. It and, is. And, and and I don't blame them because I tell you what, I fully expect Wolves to beat them. I really do. Yeah, I do. I really yeah, do. Definitely. Um, David Ellerton, do you think Dendonka will be kept at right centre back even when Bolly is fit? If I'm right, we bought him for that position anyway. By the way, playing quality. Yeah, I think he will. Um, that, that's my inkling anyway, that right centre-back Dendonka, Cody in the sweep, but Bolly on the left. I think that's how, how it'll go. And then Saiz will go back to kind of his role of coming in... For, for Moutinho or Neves. Coming in for Moutinho or Neves or coming in for one of the back three and mm-hmm. playing his utility man role again. Um, right, OK. Um, Sam Tim is asking about... Um, how do you think the Wolves mega store in China is doing after the first few months? I don't think you've probably got an answer. I haven't got an answer, but it'll be interesting no. one to ask um, yeah. someone to see how that's going along because I think that was obviously a big launch. Um, we were there in Shanghai to cover it. Um, fantastic launch, amazing trip, amazing uh, to meet all the fans over there. I think that'll be interesting. So maybe I'll try and chase that for next week. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of contacts over there and, and, I'll, and I'll see what the latest Ooh, is. That's a really good Ooh. question, Sam. Yeah, I've got a few. Contacts, got, got, yeah. a few, got a few on the other side of the ocean, mate. Don't, don't worry about that. Um, Ad says, uh, sounds as though Nuno knows we're bringing in players next month. How many do you reckon we could see through the door? Uh, two or three. I'm hoping more so for three. I'd like a, def- I'd like a defender in a midfielder and another forward option. That would be that would be all uh, hunky-dory for me. But, it um, is. It is. I wouldn't be surprised if they only signed one player. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, only sign a central defender maybe with a, with, a, with a midfielder and a forward maybe waiting. I think in that order... Of necessity, I think it would go centre back, yeah. midfielder, and then forward being the last one. Maybe I don't know. Maybe 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 it'd be different for you, Joe. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the beach uh, at Beach Banjo says, um, "Is Nuno going to commit to a long term contract? Can you see that happening in January, Joe? Can you see Nuno signing a bigger contract um, and, and, until you know a long term contract? Maybe. I mean, he, that, that's something else he's been asked this week, and again, day by day, I'm not going to not going to speak about that. It, it's not in his focus. So, yeah, I think there's every chance. I think there's every chance. Um, and if the if the don't necessarily do, do more." Player business, then maybe that's you know the bit that's the best signing you know you could you could make all windows. So um, yeah, I won't rule it out. At the same time, I won't necessarily get your hopes up too much. But um, I think it's it's something that's well, it's certainly a possibility. 
Michael Breckier. Hi, Nathan. How good is this Wolves team? I followed them as a kid in the early 70s after my dad had hardly missed a home match throughout the 50s. Are they as good as the 72 to 74 side? I, I, I didn't have the... I wasn't able to see them, so I can't really comment on that. But I, you, I think you can't, you can't even comment on the 1998 side, let alone the 74 no, side. I can't. I really can't. Uh, my first Wolves game was in now two, so um, yeah, I can't. Unfortunately, but I mean, obviously, the way people hold Kenny Ebert and John Richards, you know. That... So my first game was in 15. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, people hold you know Richards and Hibbert, you know, in such high regard. I mean. Yeah, that was that was a great team as well. I think it's it's difficult to compare because I think the game has changed so much as well. I think you know they're obviously great in great in their own rights, but certainly for me, as we said earlier, this is the best Wolves team in my life. So, Mike Allen, when will we face the elephant in the room that since Bolly injury, if anything, we've been better team <laughs> at the back? Oh, Mike, um, I won't necessarily call it an elephant in the room. I, th- I think. It's been quite heartening, really, how the defence have performed in Bolly's absence. It's not been quite the um, the you know the miss that we expected it to be. Yeah, yes, I think this team would be better off three mi- uh, in it, but they haven't they haven't necessarily really struggled without him either. And, that, and, that, and that's what you want. That's what Nuno will have asked for for you know for these players on the fringes to come in and step up in in these situations. Players like Max Kilman who mm-hmm. hasn't really put put a foot wrong in. In the games that he's played, but um, for for me, undoubtedly, the, the, this team is still a better team with uh, Willie Bolly in it because he is a top draw defender. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think you know Wolves had a very difficult start to the season as well. You know, they have a difficult games. I think just as he got injured, the, the fixtures were about to open up a little bit. So you know, I mean, for me, Bolly's one of the best players in this side. If you know, if, in the first two on the uh, team sheet for me, and I, and I think the three four three, the shift to that has been mm-hmm. the reason for the upturn, mm-hmm. not the absence of Bolly. You know, if if you've got Bolly coming back into that three four three system, I think I think that's a recipe for success, definitely. Dangerous hero, Brian. Last one. Uh, sorry, we missed uh, a few of the few of the messages. Please send them in next week as well, and we'll make sure that I get to you. Let me know if I've missed you off this week, and I'll I'll make sure to put you uh, put you forward next time. Uh, Dangerous hero, Brian. Uh, when's Jota going to get his confidence back? Still a good player though. Uh, I thought he was better last night, Diogo. Uh, it didn't quite happen for him. You know, in that last pass or so, but he had a couple of decent shots. Um, still isn't shirking way, still wants the ball, still wants to run at defenders, still wants to make moves off the ball. Uh, it'll happen for him, I'm sure. I know he's not going through a dis- disappointing phase. Um, look, we all know what happened last season, the second half, and, and I think it's going to happen again. I really do. He, he's too talented, he's too good uh, not, 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 to, um, not to contribute, I think, for, in this side. Yeah, I think it will come. The, the, worrying, the slightly worrying thing for me against Sheffield United was that. His desire to score was almost to the detriment of the other players around him because I think he, he got a bit selfish at times mm-hmm. and you know not playing obvious passes, which is unlike him really. And I think hopefully that will just go down as as a bad day at the office. So um, I think it, yeah, as you say, he's showing that tenacity as we as we've become accustomed to seeing from him. He's still getting in the position, still showing that intent. I think yeah, sooner rather than later he'll, he'll get that goal. Um, just want to touch on Braga with you because obviously I wasn't there. You were there uh, with Luke Hatfield. Did a great job um, in my absence. Thank you. I just want I just want to say um, we all know about the game. We've, we've discussed the game. We've, we've discussed the weather. I was really disappointed in, um, to, to see the trouble over there. It was a real shame. Um, you know, by all accounts, it, it was it was what well, it was. 
wolf songs were targeted. This was obviously pre, this was obviously organised in advance. Um, I, I, it makes me so frustrated that so many fans went over there to enjoy not just not just not just you know um, in small groups but families more importantly and to see some of the scenes especially in that that, that weather as well. But it just it just makes me so so angry and I hope that this stops sooner rather than later. Whether whether we need to take more police with us uh, abroad or not, um, whether we need to, to, to you know, organise, have certain areas which are, which are safe, because the last thing we want is for people's trips to be ruined by mindless idiots and hooligans who were there stopping what, what sometimes, you know, th- these, this trip, especially, you know, sometimes a holiday, the yearly holiday for people, so people to come back and have disappointing memories of it, it makes me, makes me so frustrated. Yeah, it, it is really frustrating. I mean, my brother went... Um... So I've heard of him, the kind of the trouble he had getting into the ground. Of course, you know, various people on Twitter uh, tagging me in stuff as well. You know, the trouble getting into the ground was was something in, in itself. Yeah, I mean, I really can't, bad I can't people believe missing goals. It's unbelievable, that, really. That's, that's even happened. I mean, yeah. and the heavy-handedness mm-hmm. of the place. I mean, you know, just kind of, I think there was a woman in, the, in her 70s and, you know, a, a chap who'd gone to the game with his, with his mom and dad and they yeah. were getting... You know, whacked with the buttons. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 ridiculous, and I think it's it's been it's been an eye opener. And hopefully, you know, you're looking for the silver lining. Hopefully, it will be kind of, you know, a lesson for for whoever's hosting walls next. Well, hopefully, have seen what what if what's happened in Braga, whether the club you know takes takes those measures to UEFA or takes it to kind of the the local authority of the of the house city or wherever it is just to kind of try the best to ensure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again because it, it's the whole randomness of the Liège thing that I just mm. can't really wrap my head around I, I think when you when you're going abroad to or going to any game I, I mean I think you always kind of there's always the risk of of fans of the opposing team um wanting wanting a bit of trouble um but fans of a completely different club who are playing a are playing a, a different game in a different city. It's just it's just mind-boggling to me. I, I, it, as you say, mindless idiots, uh, disgusting acts of violence. Um, just fingers crossed that um, this experience will have been an eye-opener for the people who kind of organise these these kind of things, and uh, a similar situation doesn't happen again. Yeah, hopefully we get uh, better ground, better club, better fans and uh, in the next round. Um, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully the next four, five, six, you don't know, European exactly, trips or exactly, however, however exactly. that may be. I'm looking forward to them. It should be should be cracking going forward. But yeah, we don't want to see any of that. Right, we've got Brighton on Sunday, Joe. Another long drive for me and you. Uh, that seven hour round trip. Can't wait for that one. Um, look, um, Brighton. I've got some good. I've got some decent players still, and they, they pull out a result when they can. Obviously, want a re, it's a bit of a revenge game from last year. Um, I thought it was a really poor performance from Wolves on that day, where a lot of people expected them to go there and do the job. Uh, we've got we've got Eddie Packham uh, from Albion Raw. It's a fans radio show, uh, 97.2 FM down south. He has spoken to us and has previewed this game from a Brighton point of view. And here's what the man had to say. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by. A.D. Packham from the Albion Raw. Uh, A.D., thanks for joining us, pal. Um, Brighton, talk to me about this season so far. How has it gone under the new gaffer? Uh, it's, it's been OK. It's 
it's a work in progress so far. Um, we've had uh, not enough points on the board that our performances have possibly uh, deserved, but um, we've enjoyed the style of football so far. It's been very different from last year. Um, the players have been coached in a different way, and the performances have been better. So, yeah, um, disappointed with the points tally, but we're happy with the performances at the moment. Yeah, and look, I mean, you've, you've had a hell of a run of, of games. You know, Arsenal, Liverpool, Leicester, Man United, and you know you won the two games before that. So, so it's not it's, it's, once you're coming out of that spell. There's, I'm sure there's some winnable games around the corner for you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, it speaks volumes about the fact that we went to Anfield at the weekend and we came away uh, disappointed that we didn't actually get anything out of it, and we actually had the Anfield faithful rocking they were they were a little bit worried towards the end there and uh, and that uh, we probably possibly could have got something out of it so yeah I mean, it hasn't been the easiest run at the moment but um you know we've got uh, we're on our way up to Arsenal now yeah. and uh, we will uh, hopefully we can get some some points on the board there and uh, then uh, you lot on uh, Sunday of course so, who, uh, yeah well. <laughs> who's who's um who's who's been who's impressed you this season so far would you say Yeah, and and um, and are the fans enjoying the style of football now? Is is it a bit different? Obviously, Hughton did a did a pretty good job, didn't he, with you guys? But do you feel the change was right? Yeah, I think it comes come to the end of the road. I mean, Chris Hughton's a brilliant manager, and um, you know, he's arguably one of the, the arguably the most successful manager in our history. But you know, they're, they're, towards the end of last season, the form, the form completely fell off a cliff. We were lucky. To, you know, we ended up with 36 points last year, which isn't usually enough to keep you up. So we're, <clears throat> there was a lot of frustrations and there was performances towards the back end of last season, which was clearly not acceptable, really. And, and Tony knew this. He, he wasn't happy. And, uh, you know, we, we brought in a, a new progressive um, manager, we've taken the risk bringing one someone through from the uh, from the championship, which is, if it's successful, then maybe other clubs will look at doing this, this, a similar sort of thing. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's you know he's just been given this new extended contract, which caught everyone off, off guard a little bit. We couldn't quite work out where that was uh, where that came from. But uh, if you look at it from a different perspective, we've we spent a lot of money on the training ground, spent a lot of money on the um, development 
of, of players bringing in players for that. And under under Graham, we've seen this pathway open up, which wasn't there last year. We've seen Alzati come in. We've seen Aaron Connolly come in from from the development team. And not only have they come in to come in and to become first team regulars, they've actually gone on to get full international caps as well. And um, you know that's that's testament to, to the manager and, and what he's trying to do and bring through from the uh, from the from the, de- the uh, development team. Because at the end of the day, we. <coughs> Tony Bloom, our chairman, he's got ambitions to be competing regularly at the top end of the division, um, in the top, in the top, and be a, become a regular top ten club. Um, but we don't have a top ten budget, so we need our development squad to be fruitful and to have players come through there and be successful. And uh, I think long term we're going to see that. But obviously, it's a results business. We've got to get some points on the board, and we've got to get them, get, get them quickly, really. Uh, Mr. Tony Bloom, I tell you what, he's a, I play a bit of poker. I played against him a few times. He is a nightmare to play against. I guarantee you, you don't know what cards he's got. He, the lizard, the lizard himself, absolutely. Back back in the old, back in the late night poker days, absolutely superb. Um, ADM, I guess all this Amazon thing, you know, people are enjoying it. They can watch all the games, but it doesn't help you guys playing Thursday and then playing Sunday, does it? No. Um, and you know what? We're, we're incredibly annoyed about it as well because. You know, these TV companies, they don't care about people who actually no. want to go and watch football. No. So, um, for us, okay, we're, we're, quite, we're close to London, we're quite close to Arsenal, but um, that extra half an hour on the kickoff time makes a massive difference sure. to us because <clears throat> the game's not going to finish now until quarter past, quarter past ten at the earliest. If there's time added on, you're looking 20 past. If there's any um, bar instance, maybe 25 past. And then you've got to get back, and you know we got last trains at like twelve o'clock back to Brighton, and it, it's like you know it's, it's kind of going to become um, tough to get out of there. And you know you've got sixty thousand people try, all trying to go in one direction. It's uh, we're, we're not overly impressed with it, but, but you know then you look at what Amazon are doing to Liverpool and Boxing Day as well, and um, you know. Is it right that they're being asked to play at eight o'clock away at Leicester on Boxing Day? Yeah. That's not asking that. You know, people have got to go. You know, people want to go and watch the team. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah. That's, that's not right, is it? No, no, it not it? We lost you a little bit there, but I, I think I think most of the people got got, got the grasp of what you're saying. Um, finally, from me, Aidy, because I know you're on the train, so really appreciate you speaking to yeah. us. As you can hear that there. On the way to London. <laughs> on the way to London. Um, um, Sunday, difficult to say, obviously, because you've got the game the game tonight. We're recording this on Thursday um, with a team that will line up. But what formation-wise, what would you expect? Uh, it depends on what happens tonight. Yeah. Really. Um, basically, under Chris Uton, he, he had probably had a plan A and a half. He didn't quite make it to plan B. <laughs> and under Graham, we're seeing plans A, B, C, D. And sure. Um, we've seen different formations quite often during the same game so <clears throat> I mean a lot depends on what happens um, at Arsenal if, you know, if, it's, if we're successful tonight then we may see an unchanged team at the weekend but he does like to freshen up he does like to play horses for courses um, <clears throat> we know we know it's going to be a tough game so but I mean it's very very difficult to pick and choose until we know what's happened tonight really because mm-hmm. we, we may pick up injuries we may um, sure. <clears throat> have People sent off. We may um, <coughs> shout a lot at, at, at the um, at the VAR for, <laughs> for no apparent reason. 
uh, and lose the will to live. But yeah, that, it, it, I, I think he has been playing uh, a four-two-two-two-two at home, which is quite innovative. Um, but it seems it seems to have been working. Uh, it got get the best out of the personnel that's available to him. Um, but we'll, we'll see. It all all depends on what kind of result we can get out of Arsenal and I think we're confident we can get one sure um, Albion uh, Albion got the better of, of, of Wolves on last last year um, what prediction to, fa- to finish off AD <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a dull game it was, wasn't, uh, wasn't the best wasn't the best uh, 19 minutes of football was it no it was um, <clears throat> we've always traditionally done quite well against Wolves so I've just completely ruined that now um, <laughs> AD, I'll let you finish off your train journey. It looks like it's a packed train. It sounds like it's a packed train. And uh, best of luck tonight and, uh, and and may the best team win on Sunday. Yeah, thanks for that. Top man. Thanks, mate. Take care. No worries. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, AD. Absolutely top draw. Really good insight into Brighton there. Joe, um, look, people have got to realise that, that Wolves will still have to play as good, if not better, than they did against West Ham to, to get points from this game. Brighton are scrapping um, themselves as well. They're really scrapping. They're really fighting hard. Um, but at the same time this is another winnable game for Wolves it is another winnable game definitely um, and I think it'll be a, a, a different kind of uh, clash to the ones we, we got last season against Brighton I mean especially the one at Molyneux I've never known a team be so defensive and so kind of sure. boring <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean that Chris Hewton team really clung on for the lives fair enough yeah. they stayed up in the end but yeah. I think it was time for a change and Graham Potter has been playing more kind of attractive uh, attacking football down there. I think they, you know, they will take more risks these days, but hopefully that opens the door for Wolves. And um, I think it'd be, think, think it'd be a good game. Maybe of a similar kind of of mould to the to the game at Bournemouth a couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. where you know Wolves have definitely got goals in them, but I think you know the home team have got have got a goal in them as well. So I think it should be kind of a, an entertaining kind of attacking attacking game of football, which hopefully Wolves can make it. You know, 11 unbeaten, blimey, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Incredible, really, like you say. We discussed earlier in the, in the podcast um, about changes on thir- next Thursday night mm. um, against uh, Bajiktas. I think and I hope that Nuno goes full strength again and we see the same team that played against West Ham. Do you think that will be the case or do you think that there might be one or two changes? I think he'll go the same as West Ham. Um, okay. Obviously, Katrani comes off the bench and gets himself his goal, um, but you'd still say you want Raul Jimenez starting. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think you still want Diago Jota playing despite his goal drought. Sure. Um, and then Agreed. I think you, I think you've got the, as we say, the capacity to kind of you now make 
four, five, maybe even six changes for the Besiktas game, really. Yeah. You know, your Pedro Neto's, Ruben Vinagra, uh-huh. um, Max Kilman, sure. uh, Patrick Catrone. I think mm-hmm. all of those can come in. And um, so, yeah, I think, you know, go full strength again on Sunday. And then those who are looking a bit leggy, needing to rest a bit more so, give them the night off against uh, Besiktas. I couldn't agree more. Um, give, me a, give me a prediction, please. Mr. Joe Edwards. What, what was that, mate? You cut out for a second. Oh, give me a prediction, please, Mr. Joe Edwards. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 2-1, I think. I think Brighton have got a goal in them. And, um, yeah, if he, if he plays out similarly to that game at Bournemouth, that'll be, uh, that'll be just fine. So, uh, let, keep the unbeaten run going. Make it 11. Make it with a win as well. Love it. I'm going to say Brighton nil. All the Hunter Wanderers... One, three Lovely. points. Lovely, jubbly. Uh, Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much it for does. joining me on your on your annual leave. We, we we really appreciate it. The peeps appreciate it. If you appreciate Joe, then tweet him. Don't don't, don't, don't tweet him just if you if you've got if you've got a gripe with a player rating. Tweet him because he's doing a good job. The lads the lads doing a good job. I thoroughly enjoyed the podcast. It's been it's been a fun one. I think lots to talk about. Um, but I think I think hopefully it's been an informative one and the peeps have enjoyed it. Indeed, a good day to you. I'll leave you to your orange crunches, Joe. Thank you very much. All right, take care, mate. We'll see you soon. We'll see you all on Sunday at Brighton. For me, from Joe, take care. Bye-bye.